In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. Today we celebrate the Sunday of Orthodoxy, and, and of course this has a, a history. And uh, the history dates back to the 840s when Empress Theodora and, and the Emperor Michael um, processed after a victory um, against the other emperor, uh, processed with icons back to the temple. Uh, the Emperor uh, Michael uh, Paleologos, I think it is, I might have that wrong, uh, essentially uh, outlawed icons and iconography and his concern was idolatry. His concern was uh, that people were, the, that the veneration of icons would somehow be idolatrous. And of course, some scholars say that this was influenced possibly by Islam uh, because they had such a ban, uh, uh, it was forbidden to have images. And so this, uh, after a hundred years of persecution, uh, icons are restored to the churches and there's a great procession in Constantinople and then over time this becomes an annual celebration and in the annual celebration they add to it uh, the Synodicon uh, which at cathedral churches what you would see possibly in some places is the list of heresies read aloud um, for those who believe such and such anathema, and then the people in the choir would sing back anathema, and it would list, we would do it here, but uh, most of the heresies you wouldn't understand, unless you uh, can talk to me about modalism and sabellianism, or uh, those sort of things, which, which some of us here understand, but a lot of us don't. Um, and of course, they haven't been updated, really, so uh, there's all sorts of modern heresies that could be included that are not included. Uh, nonetheless, that's part of how we celebrate this feast day as Orthodox, the first Sunday of, of Great Lent. Um, one of the things that I always uh, ponder about this, and one of the, the hard things is that uh, spiritually during Lent we're called to be humble. And here we have this service on a Sunday that's about the triumph of orthodoxy. And, of course, I don't want to humble the church in any sort of way or pick on the church and say that we have nothing to be triumphant about. Um, certainly we are uh, proud of our faith, our connection to Jesus Christ, and, you know, we know the church has its problems. Um, you have to be pretty bad, you know, uh, blind not to know that the church has problems. So it does no good to go through a list of them. That's outside to say that one of the things that we could work on as a people in the United States and in this parish and in this locality, one of the things that greatly affects many Christians today is just how polarized our society has become. And it's, I'm sure you've heard this, and I'm sure uh, some of us are probably even getting tired of hearing about how polarized we have become. 
But nonetheless, it seems to be the case that, that in our culture right now, we're at a, a time of polarization where we are oftentimes split against each other. And we could talk about this in different ways. This certainly affects the Orthodox Church. It affects us politically in our politics. Um, and I know it directly affects uh, certain families. Certainly being plugged into the internet and, and hearing what is said on the internet would give us the conclusion that we're at odds with each other. And one of the problems that we have when we're at odds with each other is that we, and, and this is true with any war, is that we tend to depersonalize each other. In order to be against a person, I will often reduce that person down to an ideology. I will often simplify that person to a concept that I'm fighting against. For instance, you'll hear about the bad conservatives or those crazy liberals. We take these labels and we place them upon people and in placing them upon people, we depersonalize them. We're no longer encountering human beings. We're encountering concepts. Now, if you think about this with nations, we have a war between Russia and Ukraine. And we could say those dastardly Russians. And then some would make the caveat, Putin. You know, a dastardly church that supports him. Or maybe if people are on the other side, they would say, Ukraine. But if you get on the ground and you know the individuals, the persons, it's very much more complicated. And it's much more hard to hate persons that you encounter. It's much more hard to simplify persons that you encounter than it is, of course, these concepts. This is for anything. We could think of the homeless. Why don't they get a job? Why don't they get a job? But when you're sitting in front of a homeless person and you encounter their story, you might actually hear something. We can do this in areas of race, culture, it doesn't matter. Each one of us has the people we judge, the people that we think we're better than, the people that we look down on, and we're often so willing to take a broad brush and just paint over them and lump them in. But as, as Christians, the alternative to this worldly way of thinking is that as human beings, we're meant to encounter persons. Our God is a personal God, and he does not deal with mankind. He deals with each one of us personally. He has a relationship with each one of us personally. And each relationship is completely different. There are commonalities, and yet at the same time, he is imminently personal. So the orthodox approach to life is very personal. 
Now, when we talk about iconography, the restoration of icons, we should remember that human beings are icons of Christ. In other words, when it says in Genesis that we were made in the image and likeness of God, that God placed his very image in us, and that we are an image of the prototype, our Lord Jesus Christ being the prototype of a human being. This is why you hear when uh, at the Sunday of Judgment, when we bring a cup of cold water or we feed or we clothe somebody who's in prison or homeless or whatever, our Lord says, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So he identifies with the least of these. We can think of offering all sorts of great things to God, but what God mentions, what Jesus mentions in the judgment is a simple cup of water to someone who is thirsty. We can think about gilding gospels and all sorts of things. Whatever offering that, of the majestic church that we have. But what Jesus lists are those simple offerings of feeding and clothing those who are less fortunate. And he says that when we do that, we're feeding and clothing him. Now, because God is personal, and because each one of us is an icon of God, that means that in each personal encounter that we have with each other, there is a potential for us to encounter Christ. Each one of us, as we encounter each other, is potentially a prophet. Each one of us, as we encounter each other, may be a priest. Each one of us, as we encounter each other, we may come into communion with God. But only if we think this way. Only if we're looking for it. Because when we encounter people in that interpersonal space of face-to-face, person-to-person, God is always present. He is, I am made in his image. You are made in his image. And if we call him down upon every relationship we have, then that very relationship becomes an offering that we can offer up to him. I realize that in the world there is a need to fight for what is good and to be righteous. But as Orthodox Christians, we should never lose the notion that human beings are made in the image of God, that they are the true icons. And we should handle other people with reverence. We should handle other people the way that we handle holy objects. We should speak to them. We should care for them, whether we're anonymously online or in person. We should care for them for what God created us to be. So, as we have this feast of the restoration of icons, let us think about the icon, which is the other people that stand before us, those individuals in our lives. Let us reverence them. Let us use them as context, not just simply the beautiful iconography that brings us close to Jesus, but other human beings can also bring us closer to Jesus. 
we can connect to God through them. Let's try to also remember this in our spiritual life and move away from the worldly way of thinking in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christ is in our midst.